You're listening to Karen Cataline as a regular guest host of the nationally syndicated Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan today, and it is indeed. We thought it would never get here. Some dreaded it. Some were horrified by it. Some are even looking forward to it. What is it about the new year where we think that yesterday will be different than today? Well, we have hopes and prayers and dreams that it will be. And it is indeed 2024 in the world of politics and uh, current events. We have heard about 2024 for, well, four years, actually. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? Um, I have read loads of interesting articles from Victor Davis Hansen, who says this is the year of reckoning, to a good many people who say it'll be all and more of the same. I don't mind telling you that I have some trepidation, but that doesn't matter because time marches anyway, doesn't it? So I don't know about you, but I've been having, uh, taking a little bit of stock as people tend to do in the new year. And what, uh, how do we handle and deal with the times we are living in? That's such a broad question, um, personally and uh, politically. If we don't keep ourselves together, keep our values and our principles strong, then uh, the forces that are trying to destroy this country will win. And uh, there are way too many people who know and remember America as it was, uh, know and remember America as it was founded on the most brilliant principles of individual liberty, dignity, equal justice, not social justice, And uh, a sense of personal accountability. Uh, You can't have a self-governing people without a sense of personal accountability and a love of truth and justice. Uh, I think it was de Tocqueville who said it, or forgive me, my history is terrible. might have been Ben Franklin. They wrote the Constitution for a moral people. They didn't write one to try and um, make moral the immoral. And I've been thinking about this some, and it is quite clear as we've watched this descent into lawlessness and governmental malfeasance that uh, the way you destroy a great country, the way you destroy uh, a brilliant testimony to liberty and freedom, and justice for all, and that's not a cliche, 
is by detaching people from their love of truth, love of justice, love of personal accountability, love of faith, love of family, and love of common sense. And that is what I see happening, an elevation of degradation, if that sounds like a conflict, an elevation of criminality, a a rewarding of bad behavior, a welcoming of criminality, and of course, sadly but true, a punishing of those who who ask questions and demand accountability for that kind of behavior. Um, Not only to protect themselves, but to protect the country they love. So, uh, many challenges going into the new year. Uh, I took some time off and uh, was met with, and we're going to be talking about this with several of our guests, the whole notion that an opposing party can simply pull their highest and greatest opponent and threat to them, which has been ever since he came on the scene, just pull him off the ballot because he's a threat. Now I ask you, I look at thought processes and motives. What does it mean that anyone on the left, and there are loads, would consider removing Trump from the ballot without even being charged or convicted of anything? It is so important, in my opinion, to not just look at what they're doing, but the motive behind it. Now, a lot of people tell me you can't, you can't uh, uh, divine what people are thinking, but their behavior tells you exactly what they're thinking. Their behavior uh, gives them away every time. Look at jurors who have to examine motive. If we didn't have the ability to examine motive by behavior rather than words and rhetoric and, oh, I'm sorry, officer, I I have to get my wife to the hospital, uh, so many excuses, then uh, we would never be able to convict anyone, yes, possibly uncircumstantial evidence. So what does it mean that there are people in this country who happen to be in the positions of power and authority and even judges in state courts who would remove their greatest opponent off the ballot and then claim that they have the moral high ground. That screams screams cheating, doesn't it? And yet we are not allowed to ask whether these people cheat, if they would ever cheat in an election. And that too is a dead giveaway that something is wrong, is it not? If you're not allowed to question, if you're not allowed to think for yourself, if you're not allowed to investigate something you think or fear might be dishonest or criminal, and you're the one that gets punished, then maybe the people who are putting forth that lie are uh, are the ones lying. I mean, it's so obvious, right? It's funny to me, too that people use their judge judgment of good character in their personal lives sometimes better 
than they do in politics and current events. Not always, but it's always interesting to me. You know, the weight of national news makes people think that, well, maybe they know better than I do and I'd better listen to them. Um, and yet, in your personal life, you would most certainly judge a person by their actions and not their words. You wouldn't uh, take the word of a Nigerian who wants to offer you $10 million. But when the media tells you that Trump is four times deserves to be convicted, uh, uh, deserves to be indicted for things, and then they, they try to use that to pull him off the ballot, gee, how convenient. Uh, you're not allowed to ask. And some people simply think, well, they must know. They must know something I don't. I'll tell you, I was on a vacation and encountered an attorney, uh, supposed to be smart, who said to me, we didn't talk a lot of politics, but we talked just enough. And then I just had to like pick myself and my jaw up off the floor when he said, uh, I trust the New York Times because they're paid to get to the truth. I had everything I could do to not laugh out loud. I should have laughed out loud, and I kind of did. You know, it's hard for me to keep back. I'm a talk show host. What can I tell you? But, you know, how do you reason with a person like that who absolves himself of all responsibility for critical thinking and simply hands over his mental capacities, which apparently are very small, to the New York Times because they're paid to get the truth. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people who are paid to get the opposite of that truth. And you're the one that has to decide what's true and what's not. In the end, at the end of the day, we all must keep our own counsel. And if you're anything like me, you're keeping your counsel on what made America great, on what America stands for and has stood for for well over 200 years. And yes, I agree with Victor Davis Hanson. This is a time of reckoning in this country because people who worship bad stuff, evil stuff, who want to destroy America have a lot of power in this country. Will they have the kind of power to destroy America or save it? We're going to talk to some great guests about that and so much more here on The Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Unwind from the holidays and play games with your kids on the Nintendo Switch family of systems. Experience the next evolution of Mario fun with Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Classic Mario side-scrolling gameplay gets turned on its head with game-changing wonder flowers that trigger spectacular moments you have to see to believe. 
or harness the power of Link's special abilities to fight back against malevolent forces in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Check out the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass DLC for the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe game and race your way through 48 additional courses from the Mario Kart series and team up with Mario and an oddball group of heroes to save Star Road and stop the troublemaking Smithy Gang in Super Mario RPG. For more, go to Nintendo.com. Full version of game required to use DLC for the game. Additional accessories may be required for multiplayer mode. Game systems DLC and some accessories sold separately. Rated E to E10+. Preparing for game day is critical, especially during football season when college sports analyst Joel Klatt spends more time on the road than at home. As a seasoned traveler, Joel has some expert advice for the next time you travel, whether it's to cheer on your favorite team in the biggest game of the season or visit friends and family during the busy holiday season. When I'm on the road preparing for game day, it's important for me to stay in a hotel that provides the reliable, friendly service and amenities I need to help maintain my routine. During football season, I'm traveling to the top college towns all over the country, and I know that wherever the next game on the schedule is, a Hampton by Hilton will be nearby. With the space to comfortably spread out and get a great night's sleep ahead of game day, Hampton Hotels are fully equipped with all the essentials to ensure you will always have a winning stay. And the free hot breakfast featuring signature make-your-own waffles will give you and your family the energy needed to tackle your game day. For more information and to plan your next stay, visit HamptonByHilton.com. Steven. Who said that? Me. Down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Play in puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Practical Polly's radio show. If you're just figuring out that healthier cooking oils are better than solid fats, you may be asking, now what am I going to do with all these tubs of lard? Ever had one of those moments when your favorite skinny jeans feel too tightly tailored? <laughs> Generously apply lard to your hips and thighs and those fancy pants will slide on like a dream. Or here's a family-friendly idea. How about making your yard into a lard fun park? Frost your driveway with a nice thick coating and give those kiddos a downhill thrill no matter what time of year. Having a bad hair day? Yep, a little lump of lard can tame your flyaways in a jiffy. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste or to your waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Now that's a tip worth keeping for life. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for him today. And uh, if you'd like to access the archives of the Alan Nathan Show, which are are uh, mesmerizing and lots lots of them, just go to 
the um, www.mainstreetradionetwork.com and there you'll find uh, a, a plethora of shows to choose from. Uh, we are going to open the show with our first guest, Brandon Weikert is a geopolitical analyst and contributing editor to American Greatness, a great publication. His latest book is Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Ugh. <laughs> Brandon Weikert, thank you for joining us here on the Ellen Nathan Show. We so appreciate it. Thank you. And don't forget my newest book, uh, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Iran's. Is, is did you say Iran's quest yes, for supremacy? Yes, yes. Well, there's gone from China to Iran in my last two books, and they actually there's a lot of connections between the two of them, and it's it's very disturbing. It is very disturbing, and um, uh, in the crosshairs apparently seems to be Israel. Yeah, uh, and and how how does it help them to stir? anti-Semitism and hate for Jews again, because as a Jew, I always say Jews are always mm-hmm. the canaries in the mine shaft yeah. or the coal mine, but, but how does it help them? And what's, what's really behind this stirring of so much hatred by people who've been lecturing us about how not to hate? Well, not well, China and Iran, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, China's certainly helping to stir the chaos in the Middle East. Um, I think it's very important to understand that whether you're talking about the American left, the globalists of the West, or you're talking about the Islamists in Iran or the Communist Chinese Party, um, all of them are threatened by a country like Israel because Israel is a country with relatively strong and forcible borders. It is a strong democracy. It is a capitalist society. And it is clearly a nation state. It is not a global endeavor. It is a nation state. And so all of those things uh, threaten uh, these other countries from an ideological perspective. And the fact that Israel is so closely aligned with the United States, even though uh, Democratic Party presidents tend to not want to be too closely aligned with Israel, Israel is a very strong ally of the United States in a very tough part of the world. That also makes Israel a target because countries like Iran, countries like China and Russia, they want to push the Americans out of the region. And in doing so, they feel like they have to weaken American allies like Israel, like Saudi Arabia. Let me cut to another part of this, because I believe that the world has changed drastically. And uh, and I I, I could be wrong, but my gut tells me that America, especially in its current incarnation, is not pro-Israel. They are importing terrorists into this country by the droves, and they are secretly enabling a war against Israel, telling Israel not to defend herself. Can you imagine, you know, if right. uh, we told uh, Brit, the Brits, don't, don't defend yourself, you know, do a ceasefire. Right. Uh, we gotta, we gotta worry about those, those Nazis because they're getting hurt. Um, right. I just, I just wonder if that's an old canard that America is Israel's greatest ally in the Middle East, but the behavior belies something totally different. What say well, you? It depends on who's, in, it depends on who's running the country because like I said, when Republicans the are The one right charge, now, whoever they are. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, the Biden administration is clearly not pro-Israel, despite whatever no. they say in public. 
But, Correct. you know, the Trump administration was the most pro-Israel. And I wrote about this at America. No doubt. Years ago. Trump, but he's the Trump not administration there. Was, the, was the most pro-Israel president since no Harry Truman. Yeah. Um, and so and George Quite W. Clear. Bush and Ronald Reagan were as well. And, you know, the Republicans tend to favor Israel and the Democrats since the 1970s onward do not favor Israel. And that's yes. because the Democrats really believe, A, that America is the source of all evil in the world. And so we don't want to be colonists. We don't want to be, you know, whatever the Marxist claim we are. And therefore, Israel, they think, is part of that. Um, and also the Democrats, Jimmy Carter, I read, wrote, wrote about this in my book. Jimmy Carter was the one who coaxed the Ayatollah to come out of exile in Paris. And, mm-hmm. and he told the Ayatollah, you can take over and I'll protect you. And then, of course, the Ayatollah never planned on you know, respecting America. Um, but the Democrats believe they can do deals with the head choppers. They believe that the Islamists. Well, if they hate the their own country, then, of course, they they're going to collude with the enemy. Yes. Um, That's the point is I don't think they want peace. They want communism. You bring around communism by by creating chaos. I'm sorry. I'm a little passionate this morning. Talk to us about Iran and China in that connection, because that's part of your real true expertise. I know the listeners really want to hear that. Yeah, no. So, um, and thanks for having me again to talk about this, because I think it's something that we don't, we don't understand enough about. Um, China and Russia have been uh, allied with Iran for years. Uh, China gets a huge portion of its oil from Iran, even as we sanction Iran and we tell the world, don't do business with Iran because it funds their terrorism. The Chinese have no problem about doing direct business with Iran. Meanwhile, China is using Iran as a base from which to expand their presence in the Middle East. The Middle East, while it's a headache region for us, it's still important because all of those major trading routes cut through the region. And also, obviously, the natural gas and oil is a huge uh, production is a huge issue for us. We want to always make sure that flows. The Chinese want to capture all of that and they want to box us out of the region so that they can control all of these things and become the geopolitical master. And Iran is more than happy to let them do it because Iran is at war with us and has been at war with us since 1979, and most of our leaders refuse to acknowledge the fact that Iran is at war with us. And so they have to and want to give Iran what they want, which is the destruction of Israel? Is that part of it? Well, the, it's it's less about the destruction of Israel for China and more about crushing Israel's relationship with America. The Chinese would love nothing more than for Israel to feel, and I think they're starting to feel this way, that America mm-hmm. has abandoned them. And then for Israel to then say, hey, China, we know you're the new power in the region. Get your buddies in Iran to back off and we'll do a deal with you. And what the Chinese really want from Israel is access to their high-tech sector, which is as good as anything that Silicon Valley is producing, because that's how they're going to work around all of these chip bans and Mm. these technology bans that the Trump Mm. administration put on them. Wow. It's complicated. Now, you mentioned Russia, and I'm also very suspicious about Russia and these crocodile tears that we cry. I mean, where's Russia in all of this? You, you're, you're, uh, you mentioned that Russia's had a relationship with Iran for the long, longest time, but boy, there's so many complicated chess pieces on the table. Uh, Russia seems to be on the same side as China and Iran. And they yet, are. so then how does that figure in? Well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. So the reason so Russia initially was an ally of Iran because once the revolution took place. Oh, shoot. Um, you got to wrap it up. I'm so sorry. We'll have to have you back because I want everybody to know where to get your book because you're a wealth of information. Go. Ah, uh, no, not go away. Tell us how we get your book. <laughs> uh, you can find it anywhere online. Amazon's the best place. You can follow me on Twitter at WeTheBrandon. Brandon Weichert, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. Terrific way to open the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll be back on the Ellen Nathan Show right after this. For the second consecutive year, Kia America will support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital with a donation for each new eligible Kia vehicle sold or leased and delivered in the U.S. between November 16th, 2023 and January 2nd, 2024. The minimum $1.5 million donation is part of Kia's ongoing commitment to St. Jude through its Accelerate the Good charitable initiative. Last year, Kia donated $1.35 million and was named the 2023 St. Jude New Corporate Partner of the Year. Russell Wagger, Vice President, Marketing. Kia is proud to once again partner with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to drive awareness of their all-important mission and provide funds to help children who are our future have a better chance of realizing their dreams by receiving world-class care. Since 2019, Kia has donated more than $22 million to causes which include treating childhood illness, helping to fight hunger and homelessness, and relief for victims of natural disasters. For more information on how to donate, please visit stjude.org. Sponsored by Kia America. This report is sponsored by Office Depot. The holidays are here, and it's the perfect time to save on must-have supplies, time-saving services, and top-shelf gifts for everyone on your list at Office Depot Office Max. Small business owners looking to meet end-of-year business goals while keeping costs at a minimum can enroll in the Office Depot Office Max Business Select program at a discounted rate for a limited time. Now through Sunday, December 31st, a first-year membership for new members is just $29. Members get exclusive discounts, convenient in-store and shipping options, and more. Shoppers can save time and enjoy the moments that truly matter by taking advantage of free 20-minute in-store pickup, same-day delivery, and same-day printing services for quality qualifying orders. And looking for the perfect gift? Find suggestions for techies, teachers, teens, college students, and everyone in between online at officedepot.com forward slash gift guides. Visit officedepot.com and Office Depot and Office Max stores nationwide to learn more. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college... learn new instruments start skateboarding Whoa. okay maybe that one's not for everybody but saving for retirement is with aceretirement.org you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age just have a three-minute chat with avo the friendly digital retirement coach from aarp You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. 
My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan today. And uh, we have on the line our old friend, uh, former state senator Ted Harvey, congressional candidate for Colorado's 4th di- District now, and former chairman of the committee to defeat the president at StopJoe.com. He has a long resume, but we'll not have a chance to talk to him, so we're going to zoom right in. Hi, Ted. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It is a pleasure, as always. So uh, my home state is constantly in the news these days um, from pulling Donald Trump off the ballot. That's not an indicator of wanting to cheat or anything uh, to Lauren Boebert deciding to get in your race, the race you've announced for and uh, Ken Buck's old seat. And you're here to talk about more stuff, but I just want to get this in because you are an announced candidate. Uh, uh, What do you say about Boebert number one, and then we'll get into the rest. Well, I think it's a, a sad situation. Um, she originally ran for Congress four years ago as an outsider who wanted to drain the swamp. And she gets elected, serves for four, office, for, for four years in office, and um, obviously has some, some own personal picadellos that she's having to deal with. Um, and she's made some very bad votes over the last six months, and she was going to lose that seat. And so rather than fight hard to hold the seat and keep it in the Republican hands, she decided to jump over 400 miles on the other side of the mountains of Colorado and run in the fourth congressional district in a desperate try to hold on to the limelight that she's become accustomed to and, and hold on to power, which is Everything that she ran against when she ran originally four years ago. 
Well, I do have one follow-up question about that. I have read that every establishment swamp dweller Republican in Colorado has been putting up huge bucks to get rid of her. Uh, I am appalled at the number of Republican turncoats, both nationally and in Colorado and other states, who are more uh, zealous about getting rid of Republicans, especially Liberty Republicans, grassroots Republicans, and I don't know where Boebert is on a lot of this, than uh, fighting the communist Democrats. What do you say about that? Why is she still such a threat to them if uh, they're, they're spending all this money and putting up another establishment candidate in her district to push her out? Well, they definitely were putting money behind, and Hank Brown, former United States State Senator yes. from Colorado, was endorsing her opponent. And I still, she, in all the polling, she was going to win that primary regardless. They did the same thing two years ago with Don Corum, and she won that race by 75%, I think, in the primary. I think that would have been the case this time around as well. Um, but that should surprise nobody, right? The, the majority of the defendants in the um, effort to take Trump off of the ballot here in Colorado were Republicans. Um, um, Sue That's Sharp, astonishing. Who was, it's mind-boggling. Talk yeah. about that. Talk about that. Sue, Name names. Who is it who's trying Sue to Sharkey. get? Who? Sue, Sue Sharkey, who was the Republican CU regent yeah. from my district, Republican. She was suing to keep uh, Trump off the ballot. Chris Castilian, who was Joe, um, Bill Owens, governor, uh-huh. chief of staff, uh-huh. um, and um, other very well-known outside political activists, not elected officials, but political activists, well-known, you would know their names, um, has uh, are part of the group of Republican establishment rhinos that sued to keep Trump off the ballot here in Colorado. Stunning. What don't they understand about communism? Can you please help me understand that? They would rather have the Democrats uh, win everything than have a conservative take over power in Washington, D.C. or here in Colorado because they know they would lose power. And everything that they believe in, the radical, woke, big government, big taxes, um, uh, establishment um, cabal would would lose power, and they know that. So they're doing everything they can to make sure that Donald hmm. Trump doesn't win and anybody that supports Donald Trump doesn't win. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's a whole different world now. It's not just ideology. You know, I mean, it's not just the old canards of lowered taxes and blah, 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 and spending. No, we're in a whole new era now of government control and tyranny and censorship and going after one's enemies uh, uh, by abusing power. And to watch people that I remember giving money to once upon a time turn on the country and everything they said they stood for uh, at the risk of sounding emotional is heartbreaking, just heartbreaking. What do you say? And that's exactly why I got into this race. Um, I knew you'd make that, that, that segue. Good for you. (laughs) I look at all the candidates that are running, that they are, you know, I've, I've served with them. They're my friends, but all of them have, um, been, had establishment ties. They've never once carried an immigration bill to to push back against 
the invasion of our southern border. When I was in the legislature, I carried the bill to outlaw sanctuary cities in Colorado. Um, and, you know, you, you look at the establishment that continue to put up the same kind of uh, run-of-the-mill Republicans that aren't willing to mm. fight for our country and save everything that our country was founded upon. And finally, in the end, even though I got in late, I, you know, I looked at everybody that was running. I said, I can't allow these folks to represent me and my family and our values. So I got in. We mm. need to have a fighter in Washington, D.C., and I will certainly be that, that person. Yeah. And talk to people outside of Colorado, because uh, now we understand that the balance of the House, the balance of the Senate is often fought in other states. So if you would talk to people outside of Colorado and why maybe they need to support you in your candidacy and you can tell us a little more on how they can do that. Well, well, certainly everybody needs to support my candidacy. Um, but <laughs> This seat is one of the most conservative seats, not only in Colorado, but in the country. Um, it's about a plus 20 Republican district. Trump won by, I believe, 30 percent in the last uh, this, uh, in the last election. So it's not just that we need to send a good conservative from Colorado, but we need to send a national leader to Washington, D.C. that will fight against the radical left. And the establishment, not just in the Democrat Party, but in the Republican Party as well. And I have 13 years in the Colorado legislature fighting for the conservative principles and the conservative values that um, the, the Tea Party movement was pushing, that the MAGA um, movement has been pushing. But I did this back in the uh, 2000s and 2010s before there ever was a Tea Party or MAGA movement. And um, I, I, like I said, I carried immigration reform bills. I carried life bills. I carried election integrity bills. I've been fighting this fight for, for decades, leading this fight for decades. And I plan on doing that when I go to Washington, D.C. Yeah. What do you say just to, uh, first off, because uh, we do have enough time, tell everybody they can uh, find your candidacy. And then I'll ask you a follow-up question about, uh, sure. uh, you know, so that, that, that uh, cute thing of taking your opponent off the ballot. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell everybody. Tedharvey.com. Tedharvey.com. Go there, learn about what we're standing for and what we've done in the past. But more importantly, to win this race, it's going to cost probably a million dollars to win this race. So every single dollar that we can raise, we would appreciate it and hit that donation page and help us out. Thank you. So do you think people are beginning to get that Democrats cheat? Uh, if, you, if you're willing to accuse somebody of something so you can take them off the ballot without due process, without conviction, and use it as an excuse like a wraparound smear to get rid of your uh, most fierce opponent, do you think people are beginning to get it yet? Well, I, you know, that's what Democrats do. Democrats cheat. They have always cheated. That's really not where I am most frustrated with. I am most frustrated with the fact that our intelligence community did everything they could in the 2016 election to lie to the FISA court to be able to spy on a presidential campaign. Then when he got elected, yes. they put in place the Mueller investigation and tried to bring him down. Then they tried to right. impeach him. Um, and and now they are desperately trying to keep him off the ballot in all of these states and file all these lawsuits around the country. These are our own government 
employees, bureaucrats that think that they know better than you and I do. And time and time again, they continue to um, uh, try to undermine yours and my vote, and they're never held accountable. And Where our country. are the Republicans in Washington, D.C. that are holding these literally yes. traitors accountable for what they've yes. done to the president of the United States? Thank you for your strong words, Ted Harvey. We appreciate you. Good luck with your campaign, and uh, we'll be talking to you. Thank you. God Uh, bless. Take care. God bless. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk a little climate change. The same stuff last year as this. We'll be back right after this on The Ellen Athan Show. Don't go away. The Citizens Award program is one that we started here 25 years ago to honor the businesses that are taking the lead in solving the world's biggest challenges. And what we find they're really doing is using talent, their resources, really digging deep into the expertise they have as a company and putting that work for their communities. This year, uh, we got to honor 11 organizations all over the country uh, who are really making a difference in their communities. We cast a wide net. We've got nine categories. We've got um, large business, small business, medium-sized business, civic organizations. And the breadth of what they're doing is just astonishing and inspiring. You've got companies like Medtronic, um, whose employees volunteered um, 190,000 hours in their communities last year. Please go to uschamberfoundation.org. You can take an idea and make it right for the place that you live and the people that you serve. The holidays are here, and Amazon Access is making shopping on Amazon even easier and more affordable this season. Whether you're checking things off your holiday gift list or prepping to host a family feast, Amazon.com slash access has programs, discounts, and features for eligible customers to save big. With Prime Access, qualifying government assistance recipients can get over 50% off a regular Prime membership while still enjoying all the benefits of Prime, including fast, free delivery on every order. Eligible customers can shop everyday essentials like shampoo, paper towels, and coffee, as well as festive products like holiday gifts, hosting must-haves, and decor for only $6.99 a month. Eligible customers can also register their SNAP EBT cards on Amazon to order eligible groceries online for delivery or pickup. In addition, they can use SNAP benefits on Amazon.com to shop shelf, staple pantry items, and shop fresh produce from Amazon Fresh. Find discounts, coupons, convenient pickup options, and more with Amazon Access. Visit Amazon.com access to learn how you can save big this holiday season. Terms and conditions apply. Sponsored by Amazon. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting paralyzed veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all gotta help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're gonna be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back, everyone. We're wrapping up the first hour of the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline sitting in today. And to help us do that is Executive... Uh, blah, let's try that again. Executive Director of the Climate Science Coalition of America and author of four books on energy, climate change, and sustainable development with over 100,000 copies in print. Uh, his latest book is Green Breakdown, the Coming Renewable Energy failure. We're watching it right now. His name is Steve Gorham. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining us here on the Alan Nathan Show. Hi, Karen. Uh, Happy New Year. Great to join you. Yes, same here, same here. So there's an obvious question. We, I mean, I don't know how obvious it is, but we continue to see the current administration do things that are clearly against America's best interests, and they keep doing them, right? So now they want to uh, phase out fossil fuels altogether, despite the electrical vehicle problems that everybody knows. Nobody wants to buy them. They blow up in hurricanes, and then there's a rising risk of electricity blackouts. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, well, the current administration is part of this global effort uh, to get to net zero by 2050. We just had a COP28 conference out in the Middle East. In, what does uh, COP United Arab Emirates. stand for? COP28. That's uh, the, the Conference of the Parties. It's the United Nations Conference of, of the oh. Parties of, of Nations. And this is the 28th time they've done this. It's been going on since 1995. Wow. They used to have about, they used to have about 5,000 people attend these. This year they had 80,000 people <laughs> that flew wow. in from all over the world. 
And and when you fly either a private or a commercial jet, for every pound of jet fuel that you burn, you emit three pounds of carbon dioxide. So this was literally the biggest uh, carbon dioxide emitting event of the world at this climate conference. <laughs> In this you know what, year, a little Steve, bit. <laughs> I just got to say, I think they do all that on purpose. In other words, <laughs> we think... You know, like like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio comes in on a on a private jet or whatever. Yeah, I think it is an in your face message to all of us that you're just little stupid people, and we get to dictate to you. The problem is people are gullible and they buy this hypocrisy. How can we fight through that? How can we cut through those lies? Because they're just lies. Well, it is it is remarkable, and it is it, it's uh, the height of hypocrisy, as you know. We have uh, uh, our climate envoy John Kerry says his work is too important for him to fly commercial air, so he takes <laughs> private planes everywhere. <laughs> we have and they are always the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's billionaire Bill Gates, Bill Gates yeah. has, has a massive home with that uses uh, yeah. about uh, more than twenty times the electricity of the average person. And, you know, it it is very hypocritical. I do think most of these people believe that they have to save the planet. They are mistaken. Uh, but the sad part is that everyday people are, are suffering. And as my book, uh, Green Breakdown, points out, they're getting uh, higher energy prices. Uh, they're getting a loss of freedom because people want to take away their uh, gas stoves or their gas car. Uh, we're going to be suffering electricity blackouts. We've seen some of those. And uh, the national agencies are predicting we're going to get more of those. And then we're going to get to transnational energy shocks like they've had in Europe in the last uh, couple of years. And what I mean, is that? Well, transnational they're, they're, energy shock. Well, their price of, of uh, uh, natural gas is up two and a half times. Their price of electricity is up three times. And in England, uh, people are going to bed early uh, to stay warm. And they're putting... Um, uh, newspaper on the inside of their windows to try and insulate their house. And the the uh, International Energy Agency says this is being more efficient with energy. <laughs> but it's a, it's a loss of standard of living is what it is. And to Steve, the extent that we can... Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. Can, to the extent that we continue to pursue these uh, this transition to renewable energy, uh, we're going to have loss of standard of living and more and more impact on people. Uh, Steve... I got to take issue with one thing you said because you were just way too kind. Sure. I'm sorry. You're just <laughs> too kind. You believe that these people who are destroying people's lives want to save the planet? Um, <laughs> I think that the things that you said about the loss of freedom, the loss of standard of living, robbing people of their livelihood, making people more miserable uh, is what they want. And they're using this, this, uh, uh, story of um, um, humans being able to change the weather and the weather being dangerous to us as a way to do it for gullible people who will, uh, you know, who will sacrifice themselves for a lie. What well, say I you? call it I call it climatism. Uh, and by the way, we have uh, that was in the title of my first two books, uh, Climatism and the Mad 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 World of Climatism. And uh, we do have a couple presidential candidates using that term now. Mr. Ramaswamy and, and former President Trump have been using the, the term climatism. It is a powerful ideology, and many, many people believe it. It's a cult. Uh, and certainly certainly, the theory of man-made warming is used to, to promote all sorts of different things. 
Uh, the United Nations is using it to promote redistribution of wealth, to promote right. global government, to promote right. environmental issues. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't tell what's in a person's heart, though. I just take the position that that what they're doing is wrong. Uh, we're not going to be able to control global temperatures, and what it is going to do is impact people, regardless of whether they they believe in it or not. It's a great vehicle for robbing people of their freedom. Just as a, as a point of reference, I think there are a lot of people on the bandwagon that do believe it, but they're not the ones who originated the idea. The people who, you know, the old term, cui bono, who benefits? The people who originated the, these ideas, the ones that benefit, and I don't think they're trying to save the planet. I think that it is a beautiful way of bringing about global Marxism, and they're doing a great job of it. What is the best argument? I know we only have a couple minutes, even less. What's the best argument to cut through that, those deceit, that deceit? Well, I would recommend people get my book, Green Breakdown, which talks about uh, the energy transition, everything from your stoves to your vehicles to power plants to heavy industry, points out why it's not going to happen. And then they need to push back on their political leaders, their political leaders that say you have to get rid of your gas stove or you're forced to use an electric vehicle. Uh, uh-huh. Or you have to suffer uh, uh, electricity br- breakdowns. There's no reason for these sorts of things. And I think people are going to demand a return to low-cost, reliable energy. But uh, they need to educate themselves and then and then push back on these folks. Yeah, the key is force, the use of force. That's what always is the kicker. When As soon as they start using force, you know something else is going on. Tell everybody uh, how to find you and your book real quick. Sure. Uh, they can go to my website if they want to sign copy, Steve Gorham, G-O-R-E-H-E-M.com. Or their books are on Amazon, and there's ebooks available as well. Very good. Steve Gorham, thank you for your work. We appreciate you. Take care. Thanks. We're going to take a top-of-the-hour break, and we'll have a whole other hour of the Alan Nathan Show. So stay tuned for that. I'm Karen Cataline. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.